everyone and welcome to the spring newsletter and episode 35 of the podcast. It's Joe back with you. Hi everyone, hope you're doing okay and as always you've got Michael. Hiya. Hi Joe, hi everyone else. Hope you're doing alright and it's good to be back with the CD and reaching out to so many of you who don't get a chance to pick up the podcast. So don't forget, get in touch, podcast at svopa.co.uk. Okay, so we've got a great podcast coming up for you. Something for everybody, I think. We have an interview with Sister Patricia, Sister Francis as was, which was an absolute treat for me. I know, you were like a naughty schoolgirl, weren't you, when we got that interview? We were so pleased to get that interview. I was. I'd been waiting for months for that and finally got to sort of say thank you to her for dragging me, kicking and screaming through my English exams and also teaching me Braille. And the wonderful thing is she's still teaching Braille back at the school now. She's living at the Grange and she goes back into school a couple of times a week and is still teaching Braille. And that was one thing I really picked out on when on the interview. So listen to it carefully is the fact she decided to learn Braille with her fingers, not a sight like so many people did. She did, which is wonderful because it is so easy to just use your sight instead. And she did it the real way. <laughs> so we've Lots more coming up. We've got all your details about the reunion, which is on the 20th of June, but more on that later. We have. We've got an update on a couple of upcoming events as well. And we've also got a little bit of live audio, what was recorded at last year's reunion for you as well, with some of the children and uke box and a little bit of a flute treat as well for you. Um, and that can be heard in full by going back in the podcasts. But we're going to look at them again later, aren't we? We are, yeah. But to start off with, we have got what we are entitling a school snapshot. We were lucky enough to catch up with Dr John Patterson to tell us everything that's going on at the school at the moment. Well, it's time for a school snapshot. We've got Dr. Patterson on the line to tell us what's been going on at St. Vincent since end of last year and obviously this academic year. So, um, hi, John. Good to have you on board again. Lovely to hear you both. And um, do you want to tell us, start off with, you know, some of the highlights of what's been going on at school for the last few months? Well, uh, there's plenty of highlights. You know, we've built on the first at St. Vincent's. You know, there are plenty of firsts going on. But um, let me think, where's the best to start? The Education, Health and Care Plans, which is a new uh, government way, Education, Health and Care, what it's about education, north to 25. And what we're being held to account, much more detail is what have we done to give opportunities for employment from after our children leave, what's it done for them from five years, after that, 10 years, 20 years, 30 years? That's really good because it fits in with the line of the vision for the school. Employment, friendship groups, socialising, those are all part and parcel of a taking achievement and leading it into attainment. So we've got to go ahead to open a nursery. So all the architectural work has been done, all the groundwork has been done, and we will be opening a nursery in St. Vincent's. That nursery is open to the wider community, but obviously there's lots and lots of uh, children attached to Alder Hay Hospital, for instance, that we can offer places to. More celebrating, you know, your child just happens to be visually impaired. 
there's really encouraging news. Come and see what we're doing in school where children are getting into university, they're getting jobs, they're getting apprenticeships. On the other end of the spectrum, um, we've been given a go-ahead to do a pilot, what's called post-19, children who are post-19. When you look educationally, a lot of our pupils, you get to 19, you can almost drop into a void if you're not careful. So the post-19 is focused on project-based learning and the opportunities that we've been opening up to our pupils, such such as Ben with his internet radio station, such as Mahmood with um, you know his rapping, which is all of this is, is online. But the exciting one, the biggest exciting one for me this year, uh, one of our pupils designed a game, as you know, I, I discussed that last year. But what happened was we took him off to what's called G2G3, and G2G3 is a gaming innovation center in Edinburgh, like the world leaders in using gaming technologies for business applications. Up we went with um, Ben and a, a new member of the staff called Mark Laws, who's now our business and partnership officer. And they were, they were just thrilled with Ben and his ideas. His concepts have now been taken forward and G2G3 are going to work with us on four separate projects. Those projects uh, open up opportunities for our children to develop ICT ideas, technological ideas that they own and have apprenticeships in or have uh, their own SMEs. That uh, feeds into an article I've written what's called Band Technology, where we're developing band technologies, uh, body area networks, and we're talking to the police and the home office and, and fire service on those ideas. Our scout troop, is feeding into that. So back in the primary, we're getting our children ready to be teachers and trainers as they're developing a VI Scout awareness, a VI awareness Scout badge. And we've got a big festival happening on the 4th or 5th of July where we've got music and food all coming into St. Vincent and the Scouts are camping out. What I'm trying to say is all these different ideas are um, not smerging together. They have great synergy because as we embed these ideas into the children's curriculum, we're pulling out signposting our children to where their strengths can be used and utilised and signposted towards employment. I hope I'm making making sense on that one. Yeah, <laughs> um, that's, I am. That's Thank you. Thank God for that. <laughs> <laughs> it, it's obviously it, it's individual education plans, but getting the projects off the ground and then getting the children involved in it where they can really spread their wings. Uh, very excited about Dave Swanston, who's the head of PE. And not only has he bought in the Duke of Edinburgh Award, which is just wonderful in its, in its own right, but he's developed with Loughborough University a running line. And the running line obviously gives people the opportunity and the ability to run. <laughs> Name gives it away. But uh, we're working with Rotary to actually send that running, running line over to several countries that want to twin with our school. Uh, a school in Ethiopia, Michele School in Ethiopia, uh, our Nepal School, um, a school in Thailand, and a school that feeds into the Germans, the, the German head teachers that came over. Mm. So ultimately, celebrating the village concept where we signpost children to employment is actually being replicated overseas, which means children and teachers from overseas can come back in to St. Vincent's in the Callowing. And we can teach them what we're doing so that they can go back to their home countries with the skills and the ideas to develop in their countries, basically as trainers. It's gone international. 
Because I've noticed recently, I noticed the um, the running line. Do you want to just explain what that is? Because I mean, I saw a couple of the pictures. And I'm thinking, how does this mm. work? So just you know, roughly, what is the running line for anyone it's, thinking? It's, yeah, if you remember, we went over the top of the O2 Tower. Our children the first three high school over the top of the O2. Mm-hmm. And they have like this climbing, forgive me, I've forgotten what it's called. Not a clamp on. It's some type of clip. Very clever. It clips on. You can run it down a line and it'll stop you know, the support. And you can just clip it over. Clever piece of kit. Quite simple, but very clever. What Dave's done working with Loughborough, who are like world leaders in, in sports, um, it's literally a line that can be put in a straight line or in a circle around the track. You hook onto it so you have a tension feeling, so you can run unaided. Um, simple things are often the best. Um, wow. When we looked, yeah, when we looked at um, it's it's when we looked at sorry uh, Ethiopia and the school that wants to twin with us, their children are literally tied to a stake on a piece of piece of rope, and that's that's their mobility, so that they don't wander into the bush. So yes, it's sporting, but. Ethiopia is big on running, isn't it? So that that's what the running line is. Obviously, there's ways of developing that technologically. I mean, you know, white noise ideas and the like. That's where the band technology comes in. So if we've taken a simple idea. We can always expand on that idea by seeking the funding to develop it with our children. Uh, that feeds back to how we actually engage with student teachers. You remember we've got the Schools Direct, which is a new way of becoming a teacher. So to be trained, it's almost like a teaching apprenticeship. So that's running our school. We are designing all these learning resources that are actually going into schools direct and researching with the National College for Teaching and Learning. What we're trying to do is get a much better VI awareness into the teachers of tomorrow now, not five years down the line when they've learned things that need to be done now. So they have a VI awareness straight away because in the schools out all across the UK, where Liverpool Hope student goes, what do we know that they know about VI? We need that really upgrade. We're going to make a longitudinal difference. The teachers at tomorrow need to be really engaged and much more creative and innovative. So if they see these type of ideas we're developing now, they will be able to ideally develop it with the VI children that they may well serve in the schools they go to. Um, that's where it's the whole picture and the vision of the village begins to really make sense and, and come together. So it's all about it is as always seeing the the children as individuals, but having that synergy that brings everything together and feeds off each other, isn't it really? Beautifully put. Yes, thank you. <laughs> <laughs> There's other exciting things been going on that we've been seeing on on Facebook and things that uh, it was Ian Rush was actually in school, wasn't he? As oh, part yeah, of, yeah, um, yeah. Is it seeing is believing or see? Seeing is believing. Yeah, I mean seeing is believing. Big found, big big. Seeing is believing is the charity of um, Standard Charter. So they're obviously trying to stop um, VI operations to, to stop avoidable blindness. And obviously they're off around the world. But Ian Rush came to our school and, you know, he played botcher with our pupils. You know, the guy's a legend in his own life. But, you know, he was really taking at the competitive nature of the botcher. Uh, but again, Dave Swanson's developed this idea with Botcher. It's, it's a board that enables you to judge where you're throwing that board. Dead simple again. But he was taking on how we're going to be developing that, making our children uh, the trainers of it and assisting them to be the trainers of Botcher, which obviously that leads into jobs in education and the like. We've been, um, we've been blessed with the, the support we've had, the likes of Sir John Murphy, the Chief Constable, 
he's been helping us with ideas and we want to develop stuff. Um, the mayor of Liverpool has just gifted us 20 odd iPads to lead into. You know, the Liverpool has a vision to be a city of reading and the mayoral priorities wants to make it so. So we got in touch and said, well, what happens if you, you can't read the books you pump out? So, oh, okay, so the library services and the mayor have given us 20 iPads and we can develop projects that our children can be involved in teaching reading, teaching and learning of, of reading. It's uh, exciting times with that. We've also been blessed with 20-odd uh, wirelesses um, from a charity, Wirelesses for the Blind. It's a brilliant idea because what we're doing is we're linking the radio station to these internet radios which can turn text into audio and we're linking that into the iPad. So technically we've got some quite high-spec kit that we're demonstrating what can happen in body area networks which I've written an article on. One of the other things as well, because um, which I think some of our past pupils may be able to not so much get involved, but at least come in and and, and be a little bit involved, is your your new sports and the cafe yeah. on Saturday, which I know you do yeah. roughly once a month. We, we are doing that. We, we, we're running that, obviously, yes. Past pupils are more than welcome to come. Uh, on top of that, families, it's great that the families have found little support groups, and uh, those support groups are really sharing knowledge so that's, that's great to see. People are welcome to come. I think I've sent you the date to me, the 7th of next month, is it? Yeah, but you're, you're more than welcome to turn up to those uh, weekends because it's it's just great fun. We've got dance going on. We've got football. We've got boccia. Just great fun. And the cafe, by the way, because um, some of the pupils were running that cafe themselves, we've got to go ahead for a cafe. So we're going to be starting on our own little community cafe in the grounds uh, we're going to be making all sorts of tiger bread and everything like that. So we're looking at, as again, more with student plans and apprenticeships. Uh, so please come and share. When we're ready, we'll give you the shout and we'll have a big opening. <laughs> Another good one is uh, the ukulele orchestra, uh, the ukulele uh, band. Uh, we've got a couple of past pupils helping. Uh, Pat Rodway and Jules Rodway, they're starting next week. We've also got Jim Moran, who's uh, also helping out with the ukulele orchestra. Ah, and we've Jim been invited. That. Yeah. And we're going to, we've been invited to play at the Ice Tedford, no less. So for all your Welsh past peoples, it'd be great <laughs> if they came. <laughs> That's on the 7th of July. few dates there. 4th and 5th of July is the Music and Food Festival at St. Vincent's. And the 7th of July at the Ice Tedford in Sangochland. I hope I've said that right. That's great. And you've got some children going off to Calvert Trust as well, haven't you? Yes, I have indeed. But you know what? Forgive me. I can't remember who that is off, off the top of my head. Everything we can do um, activity-wise, yeah, we really want to engage with. I mean, it was great when the mayor came in. It turns out you know, the, the incoming law mayor came. We've already had the Lord Mayor and the High Sheriff. And they're putting things together as, as best they can across the communities to engage our pupils in um, just such a range of activities. Because it's down to the individual, isn't it? It's down to what each individual wants to do and uh, where their strengths are. It leads us into what we've done with the curriculum. We've opened up what's called pen portraits. And the pen portraits list, you know, what the ch- children are interested, what their passions are. And we're tying that into the curriculum to, to make sure that they're, that they're highlighted in their strengths. Just before we finish, Dr. Patterson, what are sort of the future? A couple of things that are planned for the future, what you can tell us about. A few things planned for the future. Well, basically, it's it's using that fourth and the fifth to, again, highlight strengths, 
secret opportunities. So you're welcome to the fourth and the fifth. It's a camp out because the scouts are scout trooper camping out and leaving the scouts uh, camp out. If you're in Wales, 7th of July, please come to the Ice Deadford and see our ukulele orchestra. Uh, if you haven't yet supported our Solar Schools project, www.solarschools.org.uk forward slash St. Vincent's, and help us buy a £5 solar panel, uh, that's feeding into the curriculum of how we're engaging our children in, in uh, recycling technologies and the jobs that are out there. We are opening the cafe and the nursery, and when they're open, we'll tell you so you can come to the, to the opening of that. And uh, the G2, G3 ideas, a few technological ideas which we'd like to share with you uh, in the next couple of months as to how we're developing them. And finally, Rotary. We've joined Rotary. And if anybody would like to join Rotary with us, you're more than welcome because that's the way we're working together to share some of the ideas overseas. Helping communities to see. Last time we talked, we talked about uh, helping Liverpool to see, which is uh, using writing and photography. We've developed that, and that is going to be a project at Liverpool Hope University are running with us, and that will be on online under helping communities to see. So watch the space with that one, because that's an interesting one. We've got an ex-chief uh, inspector uh, working with us, uh, called Mark Laws, to develop that. So I'm looking forward to see how that how that how that goes. We've also uh, put into the consultation with the Demand for Education uh, to work with Birmingham University to run the QTVI course, the Qualified Teacher for Visual Impairment. Uh, we're hoping and expecting that to be running out of St Vincent's uh, within the year if we get all the paperwork together and, and the like. Finally, we put in a big bid to the um, Education Endowment Fund. So. Cross your fingers, light some candles and say some prayers that we win that because that will open up even wider opportunities that I'd like to be able to discuss with you on our next Skype. Wow, that's brilliant. Thanks ever so much for joining us. And there's something for everybody, isn't there? You know, get involved. But before we close, do you want to give the website for the school so that people can take a look and keep track of what's going on? Thank you very much indeed for joining me. Remind me, www.saintvin.com. And the other big one for us is, if you really want to follow day by day, is our Twitter account, and that's um, at St. Vincent's L12, the postcode. So, at St. Vincent's L12, the Twitter account, please join that and follow it, because you'll see these ideas as they develop. That's brilliant. Thanks ever so much, John, for joining us. Well, thank you for inviting me. God bless, and I look forward to seeing you soon. Well, it's amazing, isn't it, what's going on at school today compared to what it was like when when we were back there in the 80s? It is. It, there's oh, so much. It's very innovative, isn't it? And Dr Patterson was saying that it's all about the individual child, but kind of working in tandem, bringing everything together, which is no mean feat, really. It's not. And I've been back a couple of times in the last 12 months and it's, it's lovely to meet up with some of the children, meet the staff. And again, like when we were there, it is, it's such a happy place. And um, we, we would encourage people when you get the opportunity to go back. And Dr. Patterson is always interesting to hear from past pupils as well. So now the all-important event of the SVOPA year, the main reunion held at the school. 
It is. I can't believe we're coming round to another reunion already. It doesn't seem five minutes since the last one. It flies because with so many events throughout the year, it just absolutely flies. It does, especially, you know, with all the meetups and the weekends and everything. But at the end of the day, the, it's all about the reunion. That is the the main event. So as we said earlier, that's taking place on Saturday, the 20th of June and will be held at the school. But we are doing things a little bit different for the evening as well. We are. We're going to hold the evening event at Bradbury Fields. So there will be a bar there and there will be also a three-course meal, which will be a little bit different and really nice, actually. And for those who do book, we will contact you a little bit nearer the time with the menu details and we will publish those on the podcast as well. So you know, keep an eye out for those. So we just need to give you um, a rundown of what's going to happen during the day So and the prices, of course. But it will start at around 11.30 with registration and tea and coffee in the dining room. Followed by a, a, a lunch, which will more than likely be a buffet uh, or similar at 12 o'clock. And then the afternoon pretty much is going to be you know the AGM, obviously, and a recording of an, another podcast. And then there'll be plenty of time to, you know, meet new friends and catch up with old ones as well. And hopefully we'll have some more things from the school, some entertainment from the children. That would be really good. And we're going to try again to book a nice sunny day. We've done really well for the last number of years. So that's what we really want this year. Yeah, that would be good. And then it's going to be off to um, Bradbury Fields um, at about 6.15, I think. But we will organise transport for those who need it to and from. We will. And you don't have to stay till it closes around 12 o'clock. We will sort transport out from around 10 o'clock back to school for those wishing to stay at the school again. And you may get, as in the past, you may get to sleep in your old bed. Who knows? But there'll be there will be a meal and as we said a bar and we will organise some entertainment. It might be Rob Clark again. You never know. We hope so. But you know we'll tell you more again nearer the time. So should we give the all important prices? Yeah. So for the day, which is your lunch and tea and coffees throughout the afternoon, it's ten pounds. If you're coming for the day and the evening, that's going to be twenty seven fifty. And if you're having the full package, which is the day and the overnight stay, which includes breakfast, it's £60. It is. So, um, and obviously the transport's included in that to and from the school from Bradbury Fields. And we normally need to be out of school for about half 10 to 11 o'clock on the Sunday morning. And for the last few years, we've actually had access to a minibus for a few people. And we'll hopefully try and arrange that again. And that has always been really popular, hasn't it? It has. It's been amazingly popular and, and really nice, actually, just for, you know, a few people who are left to just kind of carry it on a bit and make a weekend of it. It was, because last year we didn't actually do a lot. We just went out for a bit of a drive uh, and we found a pub, a very good place to start. And we just had a couple of drinks before we all headed off to the, our respective trains. So it was a, a nice finish to the weekend. And the only other thing that we need to mention, which we've missed, is that we, whether you come to the reunion or not, we do encourage you to pay your £5 membership to join SVOPA. It helps with the running of the association and to produce these CD newsletters, etc. 
it does so you know we again like we said we do encourage you especially if you get involved in the other activities you know you, you enjoy the podcast you enjoy the facebook side of things and the and the regular meetups we just encourage you that small contribution just helps to keep things running smoothly for you and that hasn't actually changed for quite a few years so we don't increase it unless we absolutely have to it doesn't, um, which is a good thing. How to pay, I suppose you're going to be asking now. Right, you can pay by cheque, made payable to SVOPA, and you can send that to myself, Michael Allen, at 3 Consort Avenue, that's Ruyton, R-O-Y-T-O-N, Oldham, O-L-2-5, S for Sugar, E for Echo. And if you do wish to pay by backs as well, um, by all means, get in touch. We'll provide you with those details. I won't put them on the CD, um, but they will be on the booking form, which is enclosed with the CD. And that's got all the details in. And we do encourage you again, if you are coming or not, please, you know, if you can complete the booking form, even if it's just so we can update our records, because we've got about, what, 300 people on the, our database and we know that a lot of those, unfortunately, you all may have moved who are not on there. So we would like to keep all our records up to date. So do get in touch. And of course, if you want any more details or you need to ask any questions or need anything clarifying, you can contact us podcast at svopa.co.uk. And I will give it at the end, but I'll give it again now. My phone number is 0161 287 1841 or 07930 One of the things which does happen at the reunion is all the members of the committee lose their jobs. It's like immediate sacking, isn't it, really, in the middle of a meeting? It is. Even the chair loses his job. <laughs> I do. And it's really up to, uh, up to you as members, as um, paid members, to to make your decision on who you want to be on the committee for the next 12 months. So we have a number of positions which are available. We have the chairman. We have the secretary. We have a membership secretary and treasurer. And we also have five what we class as ordinary members. However, they get roped into all sorts as well. So don't think you get away lightly. So you do have to be a paid-up member of the association to stand as a committee member. And also to vote as well. There are new positions available this year because we know not everybody who is currently on the committee is standing. So if you do feel that you'd like to the opportunity to stand for the for one of the positions, please, you do need to submit a profile with a maximum of 400 words. Okay, so all the profiles will be read out by one person at the AGM at the reunion on the 20th. And we do need to know whether you want to stand by the 31st of May. And if you've got any questions, do get in touch, give us a shout and we can go through that with you. And we do want to encourage people to to stand and to become part of the committee for the next 12 months. We do, but we do have, not rules as such, but we have, I suppose you'd call them guidelines really, that if you are going to stand, please make sure that you've got enough time to commit to um, attending committee meetings, which are held over Skype. So, you know, you're not expected to go anywhere. Um, And, uh, you know, be prepared to, if you can, attend some local events, help out at the reunion if you're going, and just generally get involved because it is an active association. It is, and as you'll have seen, there's so many events going on now around the country. It's 
it's more and more work but it's so rewarding isn't it it is yeah I mean the only reason I'm you know I am one of the ones who is stepping down but that's I've got other commitments particularly with VI talk but it is really good fun it's it's a good bunch to be involved with so if you fancy it give it a go right so shall we move on to something else shall we move on to that interview you really got excited about getting yeah <laughs> yes I think we should. We'll move on and let you listen to what Sister Patricia had to say. Okay, I'm really excited about this interview, everybody, because I want to introduce a lady who taught me Braille at St. Vincent's and also dragged me kicking and screaming through my O-levels in English and made sure (laughs) that I passed them both. Um, I knew her as Sister Frances, but she's now Sister Patricia. Hi, Sister Patricia. Hello. And it's lovely to hear you. (laughs) Thanks. (laughs) Um, Well, Jo, I think you wanted to know a bit about um, uh, when I decided to become a sister. Is that right? Yes, please, if we yes. start with that, um, that'd be great. Yes, well, you see, I was born in the middle of the North York Moors, miles away from anywhere, and um, I went to a Catholic school which was in the next village from ours, and I always remember that there was a priest came one day, and he talked about the foreign missions, and he said, I'm not going to tell you who go on the foreign missions and who won't, you see, and he said, you will, you won't, and he went around this circle of kids who were about nine years old, And he said to me, you won't. And I said to myself, I will. (laughs) (laughs) So that was the beginning, right? And then later on, I went to Darlington to school because there was no Catholic secondary school anywhere near us in the middle of the moors. And that was when I met our sisters. And they were a great lot, you know, and we could hear them in the evening having a hilarious time at their recreations out in the ground. And I thought, oh, I'd love to be part of that. And as time went on, I began to realize that, you know, that was what God was asking me to do. And um, one day I was sitting up on the moors, um, just looking down our valley, uh, down our dale, and you could see the village down at the bottom, and it was a beautiful day. And it seemed as though God seemed to be saying to me, look, I've given you all this. What about all those people who live in awful conditions and don't have all this? Are you prepared to come and work for me there? And I said, yes. And that was it, really. Wow, that's lovely. What a lovely story. <laughs> yeah, so that was the beginning, you know. And then after I'd done my training as a sister, um, I went to college. And then um, I taught in London, and they asked me to do my degree at the same time as I was teaching. So I used to teach during the day, go out to the university in the evening. And we had lectures from 6 till 9 every evening. And then I had to study like mad at the weekends to try and get through. And eventually, I did get through my degree in English. So that's why I was teaching English, you know. Mm-hmm. And then after that, um, I went again to Darlington, where I had been in school. And I taught there as well. So I taught in the secondary modern school in London and in the comprehensive school in Darlington. And that was it before I came to St. Vincent's. So, after obviously, were they mainstream um, schools? So 
Sorry? Were they mainstream schools? Yes, they were, yes. And that was the reason why they asked me to come to St Vincent's because um, they really wanted to keep in touch with what was going on in mainstream schools. And I know some of them had gone out to school, you know, to do um, O-levels and A-levels, but they really wanted somebody to do it in school. And um, that's why they thought that a deputy head with some experience of ordinary teaching would be a, a plus. You see, so that's where I came in. And I went to Ireland for three months to learn Braille and, um, you know, as much as I could about um, teaching blind and partially sighted people. And then um, I went to um, Birmingham University to do their year's um, course. And after that, then I got going in St Vincent's. So when did you start at St Vincent's? Um, I started in 1978. Ah, just after me then. <laughs> yeah, um, and look, you were in my very top class at the very beginning. Well, I started in 77 at the school, and I left in 88. Oh, did you? Yes. I... Oh, yeah, oh, so you must have been there all the time. I had an idea you were in that very first class that I had. No, I, w I was never in your class. No, oh, well then, I've got you mixed up with some other Michael. <laughs> but that doesn't matter, because I still know you as you now. <laughs> <laughs> so what sort of memories have you got from St Vincent's in those early years? Um, oh, very happy memories, I must say. You know, um, one of the things was that the, the children there were so keen to learn. Um, in comprehensive schools, very often, um, they weren't all that keen to learn. They wanted to do anything else but learn, you know? Yeah. And I thought, you know, the ones in St Vincent were just dead keen to get on. And so it was lovely we, we just got on. And um, your little group, um, who did the English, do you remember? Um, you were a delight, really, because <laughs> I knew you were going to do well, and it was up to me to make sure you did, you know? And you did. We did. There was, was only four of us, if I remember. There was Sean Morgan, <laughs> yes. Sarah yes. Craig, and Maxine Upton. That's right. <laughs> Oh dear, yeah. we had some funny times, didn't we? We did, we definitely yeah. did. But I always thought that if, if you had a laugh now and again, you learnt much easier. Oh yeah, yeah. You know, and so that was my idea. But I also remember New Brighton. Do you remember New Brighton? Oh yes. Oh yes. <laughs> yes. Oh, that was something else. Um, I remember one time we were on the fair, you know, and um, always we had to accompany any child who went on any of the rides. Well... I went on one with um, Alan, I think it was his name was, and it was the most awful tummy-turning ride that I've ever been on. But he loved it. And we no sooner got off than he said, oh, can we have another go? Oh. And I thought, oh, my goodness. Anyway, I managed to do it and got off and staggered over to the sea wall, you know, and sort of tried to get my, my tummy to behave itself. And then another teacher came and stood beside me and he said, I think you look, you feel, no, I feel like you look, he said. <laughs> and, you know, for about a week afterwards, I just had to think of that ride and I felt really sick. <laughs> but apart from that, it was really good fun going to New Brighton, wasn't it? It was. It was, it was a lovely day. It was. Yes. Mm -hmm. So that, that's another of my memories. And another one is of a little boy called Colin. And Colin um, really tried hard with his Braille, but he found it ever so hard. And um, one day he said, you know, if I get halfway through this, I'll be doing really well. 
And I said, oh, I don't know. I mean, he might get on a bit further, thinking to myself, oh, dear, I don't think he will. Anyway, when we got halfway through, he brought me a plant. And he said, I brought you a plant to say thank you for getting me halfway through. So I said, oh, thanks ever so much. My heart sank because I'm hopeless with plants. But luckily, he knew I was hopeless with plants. So he said, I'll tell you what, I know that you can't look after plants very well. So put it on that windowsill and I'll come and I'll feel it. And when it's, when it's ready for some water, I'll tell you. And you put it on until I tell you to stop. So I said, okay, I'll do that. And it grew beautifully, that plant, which was good, you know. And did he complete the course? Um, no, he didn't ever get right through it. Um, his memory was so bad that he just couldn't remember. You know what a lot of memory memorising there is in the Braille. Oh, yeah. He just yeah. couldn't cope with it all. But he certainly made a valiant effort. The good thing with Braille, depending even wherever you get to, it's always a useful school. So school. Well, it is, because even if you can only do um, grade one, yeah. at least you can communicate, can't so. you? I mean, oh. you might not read all that much, but you can write it. One thing that would be really interesting, I mean, obviously you don't have to, is everyone has probably wondered what life was like away from the students at school. How do you mean? You know, as obviously when when you were sort of off duty and, you know, having a, a laugh with the fellow nuns and... <laughs> you know. Yeah, we had a community room where we used to meet in the evenings, you know, and we, we'd tell any funny things that had happened during the day to one another. We watched a bit of television and, you know, it was just like a family, really. Because that's one thing you, you just never sort of hear about, is it the behind-the-scenes sort of thing? No, no. Um, mind you, a lot of time in the evening was spent in preparing lessons and things. Mm-hmm. You know, we really had to do an awful lot of extra work. I can imagine it was quite hard as well. Um, yes, it was. By, by the time it came to the holidays, you were just about on your knees. But we didn't mind that because um, the the children got on, you know, and that was the important thing, really, wasn't it? I can remember you coming in and talking to us when we were in the fifth year and um, when the girls had their own sort of group, the fifth year girls, and your room was quite close by along the corridor and you used to come in and talk to us at night and that was lovely, some really happy memories. You liked that, did you? Yeah, it was good, yeah. Yeah. Yes, um, yes, I remember that very well. Afterwards, Sister Marie Claire took the older girls later on. Mm. I don't know if you remember Sister Marie Claire. I remember you might have left before. I mean, you might have left before she came. I do remember her being at school and seeing her around school. Yeah, she taught childcare. Yeah, no, I never did that, but I do remember seeing her around the school. No, no, she 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 did, and she had the older girls out of school. Um, you know, a few years later, Uh and um, I remember one girl said, um, "Oh, I've gone and spilled something, Sister." She said, "Well, go and wipe it up, will you?" And um, this girl had a bit of sight, but not very much. And um, so she went and she said, I can't find the cloth, sister. And um, she went into the kitchen and she said, what's this? And it was pink. And she said, oh, I thought that was an ornament. Because oh. it was pink, you see. And she'd expected oh. the cloth to be a different colour altogether. Yeah. A, a kind of grey, you know. Oh. <laughs> so, so we had our learning to do as well as anybody else, you know. You couldn't take anything for granted. You had to be prepared, yeah. you know, for different things to crop up. Of but, but we had happy times together, our sisters as well, and we used to go away for our holiday, and we would go either to our families or perhaps go to another sister's house some t- 
Hampstead was by the sea, and we could go by the sea, and we could swim if we could swim. Oh, so it was kind of normal, you know? Yeah, yeah. So into, in 1987, you obviously moved on from St. Vincent's yeah. and, um, and Sue Clamp came in, who it was That's lovely right. to see at the reunion this year. Yeah, and, oh, good. Yeah, I yeah. Used to, uh, accidentally, I actually rung her as one of my customers. Is that right? Uh, so, uh, yeah, so we're talking and I invited her along and she came, which was really, you know, fantastic. Oh, good. So what yes. did you do? Because I know you are back doing a little bit of rail now, but what did you do in yeah. the... Um... Well, I had a year sabbatical and I did a sort of course for um, myself, you know, you uh, a sort of re- a religious course. So I did that. And then I was in the rehab centre in Christopher Grange for about 18 months. And then they needed somebody for the university chaplaincy in Salford. They wanted a sister there. Now, I wasn't sure about that because really our work isn't with university students on the whole. Um, Anyway, I went. But after a year, they decided I was more needed in Ethiopia. So I was shot off to Ethiopia. So you finally did get to go to the foreign missions, even though you told you weren't going to make it. (laughs) Yes, at the end of it all, I did. Yes. And I had eight very happy years in Ethiopia. And um, I was mainly teaching um, young girls who wanted to be sisters. And I was teaching them English, but also I was teaching them about the history of our order and how to pray and all that kind of thing. Mm -hmm. Sorry, go ahead. I can imagine that. I mean, when was at the prize giving last week? When the Monday group did their song, that must have brought some memories back. Which song was that? I can't remember. I didn't know. They did an African song, didn't they? Oh, yes. Yes. Um, It's it's the African freedom song, isn't it? Um, Yes, it was lovely, that. I really enjoyed that, because I love African music as well, especially African worship music. And uh, And that is particularly um, poignant, because it was the one they sang all through all their troubles, you know, to keep them going. But Ethiopian music is very different from that. Um, The Ethiopians don't see themselves as African at all. They're, they're much more um, looking towards Egypt and that part. They're more of a Semitic race, really. So they're quite different from the ordinary Africans. Mm-hmm. Um, but they were lovely people. And although they hadn't very much, they got the best out of life. They really did. You know, you'd see little boys playing with um, a, a sort of little cart that they made out of wire. And they would be running it along on a handle round the streets, and it kept them happy for ages. Oh. And I thought any child over here wouldn't have even looked at that toy. No, they wouldn't. But they were thrilled to bits with it, you know? Oh. It certainly made you realise what was important and what wasn't. So what did you do after those eight years, Sister Patricia? What Did you say after the eight years? Yeah. Yes. yeah. Yes. When I came back from Ethiopia, it was because my mother was getting very, very old. And she had to go into a home in Whitby. And I felt I needed to be near where she was so that I could go and visit her sometimes, you know. And so I was placed again in Darlington. And that time it was in a parish. And uh, I worked in the parish as a parish sister. Um, I used to visit a lot of elderly people. And I also um, helped with organising events and um, giving um, talks and all that kind of thing. So that kept me out of mischief for a good long time. <laughs> <laughs> and 
And you're back at school now, aren't you? Yes, um, after 11 years in Darlington, um, I was asked to come back here to um, Christopher Grange, and then um, they wanted somebody to help with Braille. And it just so happened that I had more knowledge of Braille than anybody they knew, because I'd learnt to read it with my fingers. Oh, of course, yes. Yes, and not many um, sighted people do that, you know. And they can see a whole word at a time. Whereas when you read it with your fingers, it, you have to build it up, don't you? You do. After a while, when you get very good at it, you can skim across and you know what it is. Yes. You know, but it's a different experience reading it with your fingers because some signs are so similar to others that mm. you can get mixed up and there's all the reversals, aren't there, and all that. Oh, yeah. I remember you saying, don't remember them as reversed because <laughs> it's just confuses. <laughs> I know. <laughs> yeah, because um, it, you can get very confused, you know. Yeah. Yeah. And um, I thought also, if I'm going to teach something to um, youngsters of, say, 12, 13, 14, I must be prepared to go through the experience myself because I will never know what they're going through trying to learn this Braille unless I do. Yeah. And that was what made me want to read it with my fingers. And luckily, I have quite sensitive fingers, so I was able to do it. Mm. And I still do it when I'm teaching them because it makes such a difference. And I really love it. I think it's a fascinating subject, is um, Braille. It is. Well, you certainly, because um, I, I run a Braille support group on Facebook now with, for adult, well, and children. Um, oh, do who, you? Yeah, who are oh, learning good. Braille. And we all help each other out, and we've got some qualified yes. Braille tutors on there, and Braille is still alive and well, thank goodness. Yes, it is. Yeah, in fact, it's, it's used more in St. Vincent's now than it used to be, you know. Is it really? It yeah. is, yes. Because a lot of those who've got um, multiple disabilities, they need Braille because um, they, they can't do, you know, they can't manage lots of other things. Yeah. Um, we seem to have a lot more blind children than we had before. We had a lot of partially sighted before, but we've got very few partially sighted ones now. Oh, that's interesting. Well, and I'm some of them have been in ordinary schools with support. But somehow or other, they've fallen by the wayside and they've lost all their confidence. And so it's really a case of building up their confidence and helping them to realise they can do it, you know? Yeah. Again, that's something we've been discussing quite a lot recently, sort of the, not the mainstream versus specialist, because there isn't, you know, depending where you are, one can be better than others, but you know, it's a postcode lottery, isn't it, to what people get and, and what mm. suits, and they both vitally important any loss of yeah it's specialist. not just that though it's also the fact that if you're pretty intelligent and you come from a family who are very supportive um i think you can manage in mainstream because the family will help with a lot of the aspects of um education that you don't get in school mm. you know there's a lot of things like um um hygiene and all that sort of thing yeah yeah you know that people don't think of but really are quite big things to contend with and um i think that if they're not super bright they fall by the wayside because a lot of fam of um, classes they have maybe two or three with different disabilities not just blindness but all sorts of other things and a teacher with 30 children in a class is going to find, be hard put to it aren't they to manage all that lot yeah yeah. And it sounds good, you know. The the parents say, oh, it'll make them the same as everybody else going to an ordinary school. 
But in reality, it makes them even more different at times. Yeah. And it's not, I mean, some can manage, but a lot can't. Yeah. And it's awful when you see them coming in absolutely done in, you know, mm-hmm. and often picked on and bullied. Mm-hmm. And you feel so sorry that they didn't get to us sooner. Yeah. Yeah. And, and they do flourish in St. Vincent's. It's amazing. I mean, I've seen that in the couple of times I've been back in the last 12 months. You've talked, you, I've talked to, say, the same parents a couple of times or the same children. Yeah. And and they've said where you know, where they were and where they are now. And it's like, you know, as a past pupil, we've still got a love, you know, not the place is not the right thing, but we've got a passion for the school as a school. Yeah. And, and it makes them mean so much to us as past pupils that I think it's still going when so many have closed. I and, know. and it's going from strength to strength, and it's building up the numbers, and, yeah. and it's it's a blessing, you know, the way it's the way it's going. It's yeah. it is, isn't it? It's it exciting. It is, yes. Uh, and Dr. Patterson is full of enthusiasm, you know. Oh yeah. <laughs> Tell me about <laughs> <Yes>. it. <laughs> he, re- he really is, though, and you know, he's he's a good Christian man as well, and um, he's very keen that we as sisters pray for them. And we have a prayer group on a Monday, no Tuesday afternoon here. Um, people come, a few people from outside, and our, a few of us, and we pray for uh, special things, you know. And we have Saint Vincent's uh, on, and the name of Saint Vincent's on the table in front of us to remind us to pray for them specially. And he came once as well, and um, he was really so pleased that we were going to do that. What do you see? And what's the future holding for, Sister Patricia? A future holding for <laughs> for yourself. For me. What are your yeah. plans? Well, for I, I'm semi-retired now, you see, and um, so I teach the burial at St Vincent's a day and a half. Um, I um, write a mission newsletter now, which comes out about three times a year, and um, I just go a bit more gently. And um, I'll probably stay here as long as they want me to. But um, if they feel that I'm getting too decrepit, you know, and, <laughs> <laughs> and losing my marbles, then I'll probably go on to one of our houses, which is specifically organised for older sisters. But I'm not enough to reach that stage You've not yet. got to that stage No, no, no you no definitely haven't got to no that stage yet. <laughs> But I'm 77, you know. So, wow, I would have you know, that. you get older, don't you? You do. Oh, Okay. Yeah, uh, I think what I would have been what sixteen when I last saw you. I mean, obviously not counting the other month and the you know when you left the school. So it's a couple of years ago. I was yeah. Like, oh well, we're all getting old, but never mind. <laughs> Life goes on. Okay. So do you think that's about enough now? I think that is, and thank yeah, you very much. <laughs> and thank you very much. It's been lovely talking to you both. Yeah, yes, you too. Bye. Bye now. God bless. God bless. Bye. God bless. Bye. Wow, it was great listening to Sister Patricia, wasn't it? And all her story and all the things she's done and you know, and how her calling came as such a young person as well and and just hearing that life story and the way she's served, um, it's brilliant, wasn't it? Yeah, and you know, if you if you go back and listen to other podcasts, you'll hear lots more like that. There are lots of other interviews that we've done over the months, lots of teachers, lots of past pupils. So, you know, take do take a listen and see. There's bound to be something that interests you. 
Yeah, I mean, and quite easy to pick up the podcast. You can go onto iTunes. If you've got an iPhone or any device like that, you can just search SVOPA and you'll find our regular podcasts. And, you know, we're up to episode 35. We've also got, like, Tom Glassie's book as well, haven't we? We have, actually. Yeah, that's a very interesting read for anybody who's not already um, had a look at that. He he was a pupil at St. Vincent's and it, it is an autobiographical account of his time at St. Vincent's. And so that's quite a way back. We released that a couple of years ago. But there's so much and so many interviews and just around the school in 10 lessons. I mean, that is amazing, isn't it? It is. That is really interesting to get different generations of pupils, past pupils together to talk about different areas of the school. It's actually been an eye opener for me because I've just learned about the farm, which is something that I knew nothing about. I mean, the farm was something that was sort of there when I was there, but finishing. So even, you know, it was fascinating just hearing all these stories and, and hearing what the school is used for today as well. So that is something definitely I take a listen to around the school. In We called it 10 lessons, but we're actually up to detention and prep and a few other things because we reckon it'll be about 13 or 14 in the end, don't we? Yeah, so I think we're going to end up with detention and all sorts of things, aren't we? <laughs> we'll make something up, won't we, just to keep us in class for a few more lessons. We will. And again, you can also listen to the podcasts via Sonata if you've got one of the British Wilds for the Blind Fund um, radios as well. And while we're talking about listening to podcasts and things, can we get away with it, do you think, while we're talking about it? <laughs> get away with what, Michael? plugging our well not plugging but talking about our other venture because so many people won't know about vi talk will they well maybe we could so it actually came off the off the back of svop really michael had the idea that we could open the podcast up to a wider audience and uh, chatted to me about it and vi talk basically was born from there um but we don't just do podcasts we have a facebook group we're on twitter and we also have an audio boom as it is now called channel where anybody can post but we've done so many fascinating interviews and we're also carried on the sonata player for vi talk as well we are and we again we've said it many a times but that's our name is actually thanks to julie radaway it is yeah it is we were struggling to think of a name and and julie came up with that we liked it because it's quite snappy isn't it we're just 14 months old now so um anyway that's that's our shameless plug um and let's get back on to svop matters okay so what's coming up next i reckon we have a little bit of live music and we go back to the reunion from last year sounds good to me
So I think you'll agree they are uh, setting the bar pretty high. They're fantastic standard, considering we've only had one morning to, uh, to rehearse before we, you all came in now. So we're going to do this one now, which is originally by Journey. If you're a fan of Glee, they brought back the song uh, with, with great strength. And it's this one, it's called Don't Stop Believing.
absolutely fantastic. So, our work with uh, current pupils here at St Vincent's isn't going to stop today, just there. We've got one more guest soloist coming up, so give a very warm welcome to the lovely Summer. So Summer's going to uh, play the flute for us. She's uh, soon to take a great exam, so uh, this is a little bit of a practice for her. So take it away, Summer. Well, it was great to hear the work which you box are doing with the school and the singing. It was great to hear them, wasn't it? It was. And actually, uh, Dr. John Patterson was saying that there are some past pupils, uh, Jim Moran, Pat and Julie Rodaway, who are actually volunteering their time and going into school and helping the children with their ukulele practice. Yeah, so, um, you know, there is so much music and talent within the school and in the past pupils, and we would like to hear a lot more from you. you, know, have you do you sing? Do you perform? Do you do something like that? Well, yeah, absolutely, because we like to put musicians on the podcast. Um, and, you know, you may even go further afield. And I know this isn't a shameless plug this time, but if you appear on SVOPA, there's no reason why you can't appear on VI Talk as one of our coffee breaks as well. So if you are a musician singer or both then let us know contact us podcast at svopa.co.uk yeah and, and that music obviously doesn't matter if it's classical rock pop country you know, whatever you do or whatever that art is let us know we'd love to feature you on future podcasts there's a few other things we'd like you to send in as well isn't there when it comes to some of the little sections on the podcast there is you could just record some of your own thoughts your memories from school what it was like your likes dislikes who your best friends were, what you remember about the school. You know, you can either write that down and we could get somebody to read it maybe. But if you can record it yourself and email it to us, all the better because people get to hear your voice then. Yeah, and we've also got I Confess. Yeah, did you do something naughty at school that nobody knows about yet? We've had a couple. We have. We've had some really good ones. So, you know, if you if you feel like you can own up and fess up, you know, do let us know. You can either send that in, in writing or you can record it and, again, send it through to us. And the other thing is that we've done an awful lot of two-minute challenges. Now, have you missed out? Have we not caught up with you yet? Would you like to do a two-minute challenge? Basically, you have to talk about yourself and it is timed, so when it's over, it's over. But cram as much as you can about either your memories from school or what you've been up to since you left school, anything like that. But if you fancy giving that a go, give us a shout. So again, it's podcast at svopa.co.uk.
We're going to move on to some of the upcoming events. The next meetup will be held on the 28th of March. That is going to be in Huddersfield. Do get in touch as we need to determine the venue ready for that event. So we look forward to seeing you there. On the 25th of April, we're holding a meetup in Scarborough. And we're also going to hold on that weekend a weekend break. I do have a number of rooms already reserved. So please contact me on 07930444656 or email podcast at svopa and I can let you have one of those rooms. Double or twin room is £207 for the three nights dinner, bed and breakfast. The single room is £167 and but the, the the double and twin is excellent value. I don't have a lot of rooms but you can obviously book direct with a hotel and I can give you the details if you call. We'll also will have an event probably around the end of May at some point, um, just as a pre-drink before we have the main reunion in June. And we'll also hold a couple more throughout the year, possibly venues which we enjoy are like Southport, Chester. We'll probably have another one in York in the summer, maybe around August. So do get in touch and we'll let you have more details at the reunion. well that brings us to the end of episode 35 and the cd newsletter it's been brilliant to be back with you all it's been a pleasure to have you on board as well because people on the podcast know that you've actually moved on and concentrated more on vi talk but obviously anyone who listens to the cd if you weren't here would be wondering where's joe gone (laughs) so it's good to come you've come back yeah so i am taking a step back from um the the podcast to concentrate on vi talk it's like a full-time job um but i'm still on the committee until the agm so i will still be around and i'll always be around on the group and everything so yeah but it is good to be back with you it is so um that's it pretty much so just to give you our contact details they are okay you can email us podcast at svopa.co.uk you can catch the website on all the podcasts at www.svopa.co.uk you can find us on facebook by searching svopa and you've got a group and a page on there and you can find us on twitter that's at svopa and occasionally we do go on audio boom as well again just search svopa and of course, you can contact Michael as chair of the association privately on the phone on zero seven nine three zero four 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 six five six. Okay, so as we said, it's been great to be back with you, and um, I'll still be doing around the school in ten lessons for however long that lasts. <laughs> you will, yep. And um, so, you know, if keep in touch, and until next time, speak to you soon. Bye for now.